Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You know, ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. Truth is, I really can't give away that information for free all the time. I thought they were asking whether they should leave their wife. That too. Well, go to my bookie. Check it out. They'll give you lines on all games. You can bet any sport. It's wonderful. You don't need me to talk to you. The Greek doesn't have to be in your ear all the time. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys. They're your best bet this season. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they will give you an additional $25 free play on any deposit over $100. You can use promo code MIZ25. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. It's up to you guys, but I'd wait until after dinner and take advantage of this extra 25 bucks. You play, you win, you get paid. Take it from the Greek. My bookie is the way to go. And a throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. You don't get no better than that, man. Tigers trying to turn up the tempo on second and five with a 40. Ryan with the time. The pass. It is And off to Roundtree running left, it's 35 to the 40. Left side on around the bend. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazodcast. It's a uh, spring preview show we're going to bring to you because uh, obviously Missouri last week played their black and gold spring game. So uh, we wanted to talk about Mizzou coming into this fall, as well as the rest of the SEC, and bring you a little news. It's hard to find reasons to do a sports show this time of year, although we did watch the Blues. Well, before I get into that, with me, as always, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And Caleb Bungard. Hello, kids. So, like I said, we just got done watching the Blues, who uh, took the uh, first round of the playoffs against Winnipeg three games to two. So that's all there is to talk about. Colin, I think you know how empty the sports landscape is when I'm talking about hockey. Yeah. Because uh, I, I don't care about I hockey. I didn't know Missouri had a hockey team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, the thing about the Blues fans for um, in Missouri is that they are either unaware that there is a hockey team in Missouri or they're rabid fucking die-in-the-wool Blues fans. I don't think there's anybody that's sort of a middling fan. I've never watched a hockey game in my life. I, I tell you this, Blues fandom certainly gets bigger. Yeah, this time of year, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I find out I, a lot of people I know are Blues fans. Suddenly, well, it doesn't do it every year this no. time of year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I I found myself getting excited about the Blues when it does come down to the playoffs, but I'm not a big hockey watcher. Yeah, I don't find I you don't find myself sweater. <laughs> I do own a sweater, like a hockey sweater. <laughs> yeah, he owns several sweaters. <laughs> Be more specific. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, no, I don't. But I also don't have any. Uh, Soccer scarves. Yeah. Do you uh, own a cardigan? 
No, I used to in high school. Sure, sure. sure I mean, because who didn't? But I think we've really gone off far afield. We haven't care. even started yet. I yeah. don't care. Yeah, fuck it. It's a late you know, night. You're gonna fill an episode with something. Car well, I know. Is a good thing. Listen, if we're gonna if we're gonna go far afield, um, let's uh, buying uh, other. Uh, Adult men buying other people's sports jerseys. Well, Caleb can talk about that for half an hour. I've heard him rant about that several it's, times. <laughs> it's one of the one of the most hated things in life is watching grown men wear other people's work uniforms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it fucking upsets me to all ends. Well, it's not even work uniforms because some of it's unpaid because some grown men wear college jerseys. Here's from- another one. Me, me and another guy were talking about the other day. I fish bass tournaments and the guys wear jerseys now at bass tournaments. But they're in the back. With their names on them. Well, sure. It's a motherfucking fishing tournament. You're yeah. wearing a jersey. Yeah. Well, I, and I thought the adult 40-year-old softball players were the kings of patheticness. You know what I mean? <laughs> and not that it's not fun to play softball, but I'm not talking about the guys who like abandon their wife and children. <laughs> yeah, being four nights league. a week. Yeah. <laughs> To be a beer league that no one fucking cares about. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Uh, I'd say a bass tournament uh, <laughs> jerseys right up there with fucking. Well, losing. and then the, the 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 great thing is when they get mad at their team and or a player, they burn said jersey. You yes. know what I mean? Like I'm an adult mm-hmm. man. I've bought a child. I've bought a young man or child's jersey, basically. If you count mm-hmm. college kids, and. Uh, now I'm upset. I've What's already given this? them the money, but I'm going to go ahead and burn this. It's like thing. those people in protest throwing Keurigs out windows and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like who who is the joke on? I'm going to yeah. burn this book I just bought. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Go ahead and yeah. pad the pocket of that author, then yeah. burn their shit. Starbucks, give me a four dollar latte so I can post a picture of it on social media and tell them I'm boycotting you. Yeah, I'm going to pour this bitch out now. Yeah, yeah. here, take my four dollars. It's like a, it would like. You're telling it, me people aren't smart. <laughs> can't be right. The, uh, yeah, just you know, it would be like going to buy a bunch of Kansas gear just so we can burn it. Right. No. Instead, we just don't ever go anywhere near Kansas. No. Gear. God, no. Or uh, or just Photoshop it. Yeah. Sure. But anyway, what were we talking about? I don't know. Sports Something jerseys about- only. Sports jerseys. And yeah, and that's all we got. Yeah, New but- name of the show: Sports Jersey Talk. Hot <laughs> Sports Jersey Talk. Get it here. <laughs> the older the guy wearing the jersey gets compared to the age of the actual athlete, oh, it makes it even w- worse than. I like when people have this. The, the one, the one exception I will say is when somebody is wearing the super old jersey. Like I saw a Tamaric Vanover jersey yeah, at the Chiefs game. That's okay. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I have okay. a Joe Montana jersey still. I don't wear it. It's in the closet. But I think would it fit you anyway? I, oh, it would definitely fit me. I've been this size since I was seven. So, you know, if you're wearing something when the guy's 25 years older, I'm going to go ahead and accept that. I but say. If, if you're 43 years old and you're wearing a Patrick Mahomes jersey, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you own one of those. You suck. No, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll caveat that. I have no problem with a 43-year-old man owning a Patrick Mahomes jersey that he wears exclusively to Chiefs games. Not out to dinner at Applebee's or one of those five-star restaurants they go to. No, that's like... uh, I don't know if I agree with this caveat or not. I do. Brendan, think about it. You're going to wear red to the Chiefs game. It can be a sweater. Mm -hmm. It can be a... There's plenty of options that aren't Patrick Mahomes jerseys. But Patrick Mahomes jerseys are acceptable in the stadium. Buy a Willie Lanier jersey. All I'm saying is that too many people's idea of dressing up is putting on their best stone Wash jeans mm-hmm. and their funkin' Patrick Mahomes jersey they paid you know one hundred and seventy five dollars for. Well, you just described the entire Kansas City Chiefs fan base. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm a fan and I don't own a jersey, so <laughs> I mean, not the entire fan base. Uh, let me get to this. 
Caleb, you hate it. You've hated it forever. Yes. Have you ever had a fucking jersey? With I you? Have, you still I, had a I, Montana I own one jersey, and I bought it in 1993 okay. when I was, whatever, 11. And it's a Joe Montana Chiefs jersey, yes. and I still have it in the closet. I don't listen to the show. No. Uh, I, um, Obviously. I've had one thing, and it was not even a jersey. It's sort of like, you know how you, there's like different levels of jersey? Like yeah. if you want to wear like the authentic jersey, it's only mm-hmm. like $6,000. Yeah. But like regular guys seem to be able to afford it. And then, uh, but then they have like the Walmart shit that comes down the line, like after the guy's near sure. retirement. I had a Mark McGuire. Um, really? Hat shirt that I never wore. Like in I had a Tony Gonzalez 90s. one, but it was one of those ones you get at Walmart that That's was, what yeah, was super yeah. thin and super not yeah, um, and expensive. The, and the uh, numbers start to fade with every washing. <laughs> well, and I'm, I, you know, Caleb would be uh, at least somewhat happy with me. I think I wore it once in the entire time it was in my closet. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com match just go to indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Awesome. And that was to a Chiefs game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think the rule should be if the player on the jersey is now receiving Medicare, <laughs> then it's acceptable. Sure. Yeah. You can wear Lenny the Cool. Yeah, Lenny Dawson I'd be all right with. Yeah, you wear the, and, and If anybody's interested, I do have a Harvey Williams jersey from like 1994 Chiefs somewhere that I <laughs> See, the truth is coming out. No, 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 no. Truth's coming out. That my brother-in-law wanted something and gave it to us. Game Warren's got a gray grass stain on it. It's probably wow. buried at my parents' house. So if you would like that thing, mm. come on over and get it. Yeah, I, would, I would like to see a, a jersey with a cum stain on it, Game Warren. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. After the game. Yeah. Well, I'll Michael see if I can dig out my old high school basketball game for you. <laughs> yeah. they, they call that the Michael Irvin collection. Yeah. It's, <laughs> right. it's nice stuff. Yeah. Oh. Smells like cocaine and hookers. <laughs> In the 70s and mm. 80s. Yeah. Uh, we oh. have gone far afield. This is a Mizzou podcast? Yes. Yeah, yeah yes. it is. So, obviously, we didn't do we didn't jump right to it and do a spring game show after the spring game. Because well, there's lots of really to talk about into the spring game at the end of the day. We've kind of evolved I mean, how we've dealt with this. When we started this podcast, we were gung-ho, I guess. We... Uh, we would go to the game. We would talk about it immediately. Blah mm-hmm. blah blah yep. blah blah. It was, it was a whole day affair. But also keep in mind, this is 2014. That's when we started doing this podcast, and uh, it was second going into the second SEC division, Eastern Division Championship. We were as gung ho as fucking hell, yeah. and the athletic department was trying to get more people to the yeah. to the spring game. Now it seems like Barry Odom just like has 
just it's dealt with reality that yeah. no one's going to come. And he basically doesn't want people there because he's like, yeah, we're not going to show you anything whenever he talks about it in well, the media. I mean, I think it's just hard to promote a spring game for Mizzou. Uh, the fan base is not fanatical. It's cold. You, it's often. cold often. It's the same with you know the baseball team. I, I heard on the radio the other day, or maybe the uh, Tribune's podcast that you know they're. Mizzou's averaging like 3,000 fans a week for the f- baseball games. Mm-hmm. And the next lowest is Tennessee at 7,000. And, yeah. like the, and like Mississippi State is averaging somewhere like 33,000 fans a week. But they built that stadium on top of the fucking coldest hill in Columbia. Yeah, yeah. And then, windiest. Yeah, and it's, and it's the same with the football game. You're not going to see anything. I mean, half the players that you know don't play because they yeah. don't want to get them hurt. Alberto was out in this. Yeah, game. Alberto wasn't in it. Jonathan Johnson didn't play. But you know what? The really only one reason that anyone watched that game. Yeah, the real name we should have brought up at the beginning of this show before we just let it randomly fly when it, off. When it shows area. up in your feed, Brendan will just put Kelly Bryant in all caps. Yeah. Just because so, that won't get clicks. It was the first time anybody had a chance to look at Kelly Bryant in a Tiger uniform doing football things. And it was erotic. And that we, I would say. Is erotic is, the word you would use? Erotic is, um, yeah. It's the word I would use. It's the word I didn't want, wouldn't want to say in public on a record <laughs> on a radio, but would, was definitely thinking. Yeah, sure. But yeah, it, he, uh, he looked, oh shit, I think he connected on like nine of his first 10 passes. Yeah, he his, looked sharp. He was 12 for 17 for 150 yards. His first series looked really nice. The um, first series was the spring game for me. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what we got to see. We got to see the number one offense against the number one defense. I think that, no, there was a number two defense, I guess. And see Kelly Bryant do something with his legs, get to see him try his arm out. Obviously, he's no Drew Locke arm, but he was very effective with his throws. He made a couple mistakes late that should have been intercepted and weren't. But all in all, he looked to be what we signed up for. Yeah. He didn't run much, but I think that he probably directed not to. Um, I'm sure of that. And, then, of course, there was no contact on quarterbacks. There is, there's a, I've heard a lot of people talking and predicting that Missouri is going to become a very sort of run-first offense because of Kelly Bryant. He's going to be a guy that can run the option, though I don't know if Dooley will actually do that. But uh, he's going to scramble a lot. You've got Roundtree and Beatty in the backfield who have both really good backs. And complement each other well. Yeah, and the line is supposedly good to, is to remain solid as if I'm – if you know if – the coaches and the and the media following the team are to be believed. And and Kelly Bryant, one of the knocks on him is he can't throw downfield. So you're right. going to see lots of screen passes. You're going to you know mm-hmm. you see the bubble screens. You're going to see we a lot of dump offs to the to the running backs. He threw it to that Nance kid from Arkansas several times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they brought along with him. Yeah, yeah. Thirty seven yards was I think the long one that he threw. That. Yep. The other uh, thing I thought was interesting, and I don't know if this is legitimate as a replacement for some of the receivers we lost last year, or if it's just spring game foolishness, but uh, the Bannister kid, yeah, he uh, caught, I don't know, he was the leading. I got his stats right here. Yeah, leading receiver in that Barrett game. Barrett Bannister had eight catches for 73 yards. And he is a uh, ginger kid who is white as chalk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I mean, to look at him, you know, like you said, uh, two shades wider than chalk, a ginger to boot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's spring, he's going to be a Waddy McWiderson spring game hero, and that you, you'll never hear from again. Is that to what you think it's going to be? Well, I, I kind of, my initial reaction was, yeah, he looks like little orphan Annie with a cock, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, he came from the wildlings north of the wall. <laughs> Yeah, kissed by fire. But uh, so I initially just just said, "Oh, this is this is a Whitey McWhiterson spring game tomfoolery." Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, some of the uh, p- 
people who are supposed to know about this team and this football and, and football in general seem to think that he may contribute. He's Jonathan Johnson's obviously going to be the slot receiver, but this Banisher kid is not just a Dawson Downey, you know, having his big time game in the spring game because right. we're not going to risk any of the horses in the stable. Yeah, no, I think that he's. I mean, there are holes to fill at wide For receiver, sure. obviously, uh, with the loss of Emmanuel Hall, number one. I think Knox is my pick to sort of fill that role. I mean, if anybody, I, I don't so. think anybody's going to fill uh, Emmanuel Hall's role. Emmanuel Hall is is, is Sunday talent. Yeah, so he couldn't even he's fill be hard last to, year. He's going to be hard to. He's going to be hard to replace. Uh, the offense, I think, gave everybody some hope that uh, this year is going to look good. The defense, I think, you know. It's, I don't think we saw. I don't think you can see anything in a spring game. It's hard to for say. Defense. I mean, they. I heard a couple people chatting up this uh, Mason Pack. He's a safety. He had seven tackles, an interception, you know, a pass breakup or two pass breakups. You know, like he was all over the field. But you go, wow! I hope this guy's our new, you know, big time safety for us. And then you'll never hear his name again. Like literally in the next four years of you know of Tiger football, you'll never hear his name again. There is that chance. I don't know if this is a high level recruit. Or just some guy that walked onto the team because I don't pay attention to that shit. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you this: I'm not going to be duped by the Eric Beisels of the world anymore. So I'm not going to presume because he had a good spring game that I'm going to be seeing him. Who was the last like shutdown corner type of safety we had here? It wasn't that long ago. It was during the oh no, we had the Pinkle era. Remember Pig William Brown, Moore? <laughs> yeah, William Brown. Moore. Yeah. yeah, it was no, it was after that 2013. Who was it? Yeah, and EJ Gaines. EJ Gaines. He was probably the latest one. Yeah, EJ Gaines was incredible. It was great. It's always great to watch a football game when you've got a guy like that back there who you have a lot of confidence in. You know, I feel like that is one thing Barry Odom has missed is a guy who just instills super confidence on defense. Well, Brennan, I know you don't watch the NFL draft. No, but, I don't. And, and, I don't hate it. And uh, but he, you'd love this. The NFL Network is playing old drafts. So if you want to know what happened in 2016 <laughs> or 2015 or 2017's draft, I mean they're they're playing them. They're all day. Yeah. But I I was flipping through the channels the other day or well last night to be uh, specific, and uh, I saw Charles Harris get drafted. Yeah. I was like, man, remember that guy? Yeah. Remember when our defense was just a juggernaut and the offense couldn't go nowhere? Yeah. Led by Charles Harris and his sack mastering. And <laughs> I, I was like, man, I miss that guy. I just remember how we were just churning out NFL talent. They showed a bunch of highlights because they show him get drafted. So they play this whole cut reel of all his greatest plays. And it's like, man, they did not have that last year. Yeah, no. <laughs> their that kind their of pass rush was terrible last year. You watch that cut reel and you get harder than Chinese math homework. Yeah, I do. They, they've got a, a bunch of defensive ends. I wrote their names down. Elliot Byers, Jeff Coat. Well, Chris Turner, he's actually just, they just say D-line, but they, these are all the gentlemen I just named had sacks in the spring game for, you know, for what it's worth. Well, a sack is not a sack, really, yeah. in the spring just game. Just two-hand to touch. Somebody. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing, too. And there were a lot of plays with Kelly Bryant that you're like, being as it is the spring game, and he's not told to run much, and that they just have to pat him on the back and call it a tackle. Mm-hmm. His whole thing is he evades tackles. Yeah. So how many of those would not have – how would have been positive yardage if it would have been a real game-time situation? Yeah, it's, we can't see what he can do. You know? we, I'm hoping that one of these guys will take a step forward in the defensive end because we really have sort of had an embarrassment of riches there for quite some time, mm-hmm. and I hate to see it. It, was, it sucked not having it last year. But last year we did have Terry Beckner Jr., and he played a decent season. Didn't have a great season, and that's that's actually – Born out in his draft predictions, he's like slipped like a third round pick. And if, you, if he would have come out the year before, and we all we all patted him on the back and congrats and just loved him up for 
coming back for a senior season at Mizzou, but he fucked himself out of a good deal of money to do that. I, I really don't. I mean, I'm so it, it was so nice to have him last year, but I really don't understand why he did come back. Well, but. I mean, I can't. I mean, I don't know who gave him gave him that advice, but I mean, like the draft projections I'm seeing for him now are third round. Yeah. And last year he would have been. Who's in 20. those guys' ears? Like a Terry Beckner Jr. I, mean, I know, maybe like, it's his family going. You know what? You could blow your knee out because he did. He is a guy that had injuries, and maybe the mom's going. You can blow your knee out and end your football career tomorrow, but you can use a college degree beyond. But you see, here's the flaw in that logic, I think, which is you get your fucking money when you get drafted, whether yeah. you play it now or not. Finish that year. Yeah, yeah. you're going to get so much money from that first contract. You can always pay for a semester of college if sure. you need That's it. True. You know what I mean? You that can get that. Most fucking of the degree. schools let them come back for free. Yeah, I was going to say that. Mizzou probably be like, yeah, come on back, big fella. So, but anyway, what I'm saying is that obviously a guy like Drew Locke. Everybody, you got agents, you got everybody under the NFL sun is telling Drew Locke what steps to take. But a guy like uh, Terry Beckner Jr. on defense, projected third round, does he have people who know what they're doing? Probably not. Telling him what he ought to be doing? Probably not. I'm sure he's got like two uncles who think they do. Because you can't trust your coaches even because your coaches aren't motivated to help you. They're motivated to help them. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, who does the guy talk to? so often I watch these drafts and you realize that they have horrible family members or trying to get them to make decisions that are probably are more important for that person or that the whole the family as a whole than it is for that individual. And uh, that's always a bad situation. Um, I don't know that that's Terry Beckner Jr. His family stuff seems to be stable compared to some of no, these guys. No, it, it probably is, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I can't say that I know that, but I don't know. You just see those kids who are quarterbacks especially and you just, I don't know. Yeah, I'll tell you one reason I don't like the NFL draft, Colin. Going back to our first conversation we had when we started the show, it's just any event that involves lots of football jerseys that involves zero playing football. <laughs> yeah. This is another one, the NFL draft. And, of course, I will it's be. It's just full of Jets fans being douchebags, really. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, and the booing. I like the, that they boo. Uh, Goodell. Goodell. That is, that well, is he fun. needs a boo. Yeah, and it's just I just enjoy a a group pylon boo fest. You know what I mean? I don't <laughs> sure. care who it's for. Yeah. You know what I mean? That you can boo anybody as long as everybody's doing it. And mm-hmm. It's just a spirit of negativity. Yeah. I really enjoy that. Ah, I do too. But uh, anyway, there's a bunch of stuff we want to talk about because obviously there's a spring game, but we want to broaden it out to the rest of the SEC. We want to talk about some other things that have gone on in the periphery of the Tiger world. There's Tiger baseball. There's John Tate Porter. There's some recruiting stuff. But uh, we got news ourselves, but we're going to bring it all to you after we go to the break. Come back. We're going to talk about SEC, uh, what we think is going to happen this fall. This is the Mazzotcast. Hey, I'd like to take a second to introduce you to our newest friends from SeatGeek. They take the confusion out of the ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals to your favorite game, concert, show, you name it, and rates them on a scale of 1 to 10 to let you know that you're getting the best deal. Use the promo code ACAA for Armchair All-American and you'll receive $20 off your first purchase. You can put that money towards cocaine. So what are you waiting for? Enter the promo code ACAA and get your $20 for your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. We are back. 
As we mentioned, uh, there's a lot to talk about with the SEC, but I think we wanted to talk to you about some big news for the Mazadcast itself, or at least us three douchebags who do the Mazadcast. We work with a, a company called Armchair All-Americans. You've probably heard us talk about it before because they're the group that sort of ties us into the rest of the college football world and deals with, with how we get our ad sponsorship and all that crap. And uh, they have asked us, because we are, surprisingly enough, we have the, some of the listenership, the better listenership in their network, so they have asked us to do an SEC-wide podcast this fall. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're getting scared that there's not going to be another Mazodcast. You'd be wrong. We're still going to do the Mazodcast, but we're also going to be doing this new SEC podcast. Anyway, we'll get to hear from all the insane people in Alabama. Get sure. ready and for Florida news. Mm-hmm. If you think Kansas news is hot, <laughs> Florida news is fire. Yeah, yeah that's, that's good. good. I mean, there's entire websites devoted to Florida man. Well, I think it's it's going to be fun, south. and it's it's going to be the same formula. We will have to uh, hide our Mizzou stripes a little yeah. bit. We're yeah. going to have to uh, try to be um, objective about yeah. things. Well, I mean, pretend that we don't hate we Tennessee know. with every fiber of our being. We know what these people in the SEC are like. You know what they think of us. <laughs> if you watch the Paul fans. Feinbaum show, I mean, yeah. this is going to be a disaster. Now, if we come out episode one and say, "Hey, this is the SEC show, and uh, we're from Missouri." No one. They're going to turn it off right then and there. Yeah, so, why do these fucking guys know? So we're not going to hide that we're from Missouri, but we're going to maybe tell them either. We're going to slow play it. It's kind of like when you're on a date, and I don't know, you're on a child sex offender list. <laughs> Is that what it's like? It's exactly like that. You don't say it. You, you, yeah, you, you want to tell really... about the herpes afterwards. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, I mean, like you it's know, exactly. It. You know, if when you've got four kids by four different mothers, you don't let her know that you have that going on. And you don't say it until you, you know she's got you got your hooks in her. You know what you I mean? Say you say you like children. Yeah, <laughs> you say it. Don't, you don't do it over appetizers on date one. You know no, what I mean? Yeah, you sure. at least wait to the dessert course. Yeah, until so. there's a visible flare up. <laughs> <laughs> then you get out of there. You get out of there fast. But the point is, all this herpy talk leads us to the point. And the point yeah. is, is that we're doing an SEC wide podcast. And so while this will be the same formula, you're going to, we're going to have the same senses of humor. Obviously, we won't be in the sack. Uh, for Mizzou, at least outright. Yeah, but we're going to have our little digs in there. Sure. We're going to lean that way yeah. as secretly as we can. But, uh, <laughs> and, and maybe when, you know, when there were, will be down the road and we gain some audience and there will be a visible flare up. Yeah. We might, you know, mention that we happen to live. God, in imagine how they'll, imagine if I, we just have thousands and thousands of listeners from the state of Alabama and Georgia yeah. and all this and they find out in some, uh, way that we are Mizzou fans when like they beat we beat their team. And oh, just, I'm envisioning an end of Indiana Jones scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Raiders of the Lost yeah. Ark style. Yeah, the sure. face is melting. But uh, anyway, we've got the Twitter account. We've got the Instagram account. We got a website. Yeah, it's, what's the Twitter account, Brendan? So people can go follow our new Twitter account. Yeah, so it's, I think it's at SEC After because things are already taken. But it, the show is going to be called SEC After Dark. Because after dark implies that it's dirty. And, and we explicit, explicit, yeah. yeah we're going to talk about hand yeah. jobs and, and stuff. And we also are talking about the SEC. So that's in, that's baked into the name as well. Yeah, sure. We thought about it more than we did the Mazadcast, which was none. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the, it's, the, uh, you know, the few times I've ever seen anybody talk about the Mazadcast publicly, they've said, shitty fucking name. Yeah, I know. They're, they're not wrong. No, they're not. But, uh, yeah, so let's squeeze kind of Mizzou. endearing, I thought. <laughs> let's squeeze Am Mizzou. I, am I going to have to quit donating to the Whig Party politically since we're doing all, <laughs> all the SEC now? Yeah, I mean, Dixiecrat only, apparently. Okay, I, I don't yeah. know. I just want to make sure. It's what? all Bull Moose Party for me. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, another thing's not going to play with the SEC, folks. Historical references. 
<laughs> There's only one event in history that they're keenly aware of, and they're not quite sure how the outcome it didn't, went. Yeah, it didn't turn out the way they'd hoped. <laughs> they recreated all the time. That's why you wouldn't know it from the reenactments. But anyway, yeah, so we're going to call it SEC After Dark. It's going to be this bullshit, but broader audience. And one thing we are going to drag along is, Colin, you built the Paul Feinbach. Sure did. This very, th- yeah. this very type of thing. I sure did. So we're going to drag Paul Feinbach along to the show. I think people appreciate Paul Feinbach. I think so too. I mean, th- I mean, I know our Mizzou fans appreciate him, but mm-hmm. I think a broader audience is going to appreciate Paul Feinbach. Yeah, and you know, I I hear from people, and they always think that we run the Paul Feinbach Twitter account, and and I'm, we don't. We don't know who made it. We don't run it. That's not us. <laughs> Paul Feinbach's taking on a life of his own, yep, independent of us. So he would be fools not to bring him. You've done good work, Paul. Thank you, Mizzou Cast Podcast. That being said, I guess we get our uh, cut our teeth on that kind of talk right now. Mm-hmm. We uh, obviously watch the Mizzou spring game and uh, a lot of the other teams have had their spring games in of course by this week so uh, everybody's gotten to see very tepid vanilla offenses and their team come out and give them a little rah-rah for the uh, early spring and then waiting for months on end for the fall to start but it gets the media talking about where these teams are going to end up when fall does roll around the sort of early way too early top 25s come out the uh, the predictions of course when media day comes along about where everybody's going to fall and Caleb we had tweeted out teased out a little bit that uh, Caleb the Greek of course was going to bring his picks first of all let's talk about Missouri skip on ahead of all the other SEC teams where do you guys think they're going to fall in the east well there there's I was looking at their schedule it looks favorable it is favorable uh I would I I'm I'm okay with picking them oh three with a uh, a chance to, to 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 do something crazy and go up to two and because that's how much confidence I really have in Kelly Bryant I really feel like despite as talented as Drew Locke was I feel like Kelly Bryant fits the college game on the whole better you know the run and gun yeah. is, is a quarterback combo that has and th- always worked at the college this level. is really this is really really early on and and so don't hold me to this but you know i look at that the line looks to be good you're going to have albert O. you know jonathan johnson theoretically should be pretty good you got a great running back tandem along with J- kelly bryant i mean if the defense can just be serviceable they can compete in the SEC East. I'm not saying they'll win the SEC East. They're not going to throw in Georgia. And, and, and somebody's probably going to sneak up in front of them. But they could, you know, through, I think third in the SEC East is not unattainable. No, I don't either. I, I, in fact, I would be in favor of guessing that. But Colin, you know, we talked about Caleb Greek making his picks about mm-hmm. where sure. the, the SEC is going to fall. I thought to make it a little interesting, I want to compare. I'm going to, I've got looking this now. I'm not showing Caleb. Barrett Sally's picks. Mm, he's, he's, he's always been a kind of a homer for Mizzou, hasn't he? Been? Yeah, that's right. He's launched his 2019 preseason rankings. And mm-hmm. I think it would be interesting if Caleb the Greek and uh, Barrett Sally ended up some potico. Right. You know, let me tell you something about mm-hmm. Barrett Sally. Okay. Let's hear it. This guy routinely picks us behind Vanderbilt, despite everything we've done and Vanderbilt hasn't done. But, right. but I just, I don't know where he's picked us at this year. Right. He routinely will pick us last in the SEC. He hates Missouri. And does not matter how many times he's wrong, because you know what, Brendan? He's been wrong every single time. Mm-hmm, correct. But, um, but no, anyway, go ahead. 
Caleb, um, are you excited to go up against Barrett Sally? Usually it's a coin. This is. Something. I would rather see Caleb go up against Barrett Sally in bare knuckle boxing, but this works. I mean, but I, that's what I really want to see. I think uh, that, that, uh, that Kansas coin mm-hmm. is a lot better than Barrett Sally. Well, I think Barrett Sally may be more inanimate than that coin. It's very true. <laughs> Uh, why don't you go down, start with the West, because we'll sort of finish up with our Tigers division, and we'll start top to bottom because nobody really cares about the bottom. Yeah, well, uh, I'll give you my first three. I guess we can go three at a time. Yeah, and then I'll talk about Barrett's three. I'm going to go on the West. I'm going to go Bama, A&M, then LSU. One, Ooh, two, and three. up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about A&M being um, in contention as much as they've ever been in the West this year. What makes you think that they're uh, hot to trot? Well, you know, Jimbo's been there a little bit now, so he's got to have himself some players that are good at stealing crab legs, mm-hmm, raping, <laughs> and uh, all those things that make good football players. And I think people just put LSU second every year below Bama no matter what because they're LSU. Mm-hmm. And I think A&M showed at the end of the season last year they're probably right on line with what LSU is. Yeah, and it was different than the Kevin Sumlin years where yes. they A&M traditionally, and Colin mentioned this several times, is that they just – Fall no off. matter how good they looked, it you know, doesn't matter if Johnny Banzel beats Bama. They fell off the fucking cliff, and, and they didn't do that so much. I think a lot year. of people are predicting a Kirby Smart effect, uh, you know, how it, it didn't take Kirby any time at all to sort of get two years. And I think Georgia Jimbo's a good track. coach. I mean, and that, let's say Jimbo's on that Kirby Smart level, and they think it's year two. He's going to have the train on the tracks. And A&M was not starting from a giant hole either, um, as neither was Georgia for that matter. They'd won nine games before Kirby Smart was there, but – um, neither of these coaches had to build something from scratch, and they are. They're, I mean, ultimately, what makes a coach the best coaches is not, you know, some coaches recruit well, some coaches coach well, some coaches do a little of both, but the coaches that do both well kick fucking ass and end up at places like Alabama. And he's and sitting Clemson in Texas. I mean, you're, you're in Texas. You yeah. have the best of the best to yeah. pick from. Yeah, a 100,000-seat stadium. Yeah, you yeah. have the best facilities. There's I mean, oil derricks on your fucking campus pumping money to your program. Mm-hmm. Any chance you So, I mean, they have everything they need. I just – I'm going to go – I'm going to go Bama and MLSU. I think that, and it'll be close with those there, but that's what I'm going Would with. Would you like to hear Barrett Sally's picks? Please. He says, one, Bama, two – Texas A and M, oh three LSU, well, son of a bitch. <laughs> Caleb, I feel like changing my order now. If that's Caleb the Greek, his mind works exactly like Barrett said. Yeah, well, All right, <laughs> let's go down the bottom of the West. I'll give you the last four here, and I these are easy in here. They, Auburn, Mississippi State. Ole Miss, and the easiest pick of all is Arkansas in last place. Yeah, Arkansas was the worst program in the SEC, far below Vanderbilt, if you ask me. I'm last telling you year. what, if Auburn finishes four in the West, that, that's it for old sweater vest. I don't imagine. I can't see a way no, that they don't get hired. They don't have. They don't have anybody there that's going to make them world beaters. That's my prediction for this spring in April. Is that sweater vest got Gus Mills on? This will be his last season in uh, Auburn. He's not Alabama. staying there unless he wins a national championship. I don't think no. it's not happening. This no, year. Cam Newton ain't coming back. Nope. So anyway, well, Caleb, you, <laughs> Barrett, Sally, I'm just going to tell you right now. Top to bottom, he had the exact same order in the West. Hmm. Alabama, A&M, LSU, Auburn, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Arkansas. Does this mean that Barrett Sally's 
smart like Caleb or Caleb's dumb like Barrett Sally? I, I think a little of column A and a little of column B. <laughs> uh, it's kind of scary. Well, let's the go worst to- part of it is, is if it's right and I get it right, I have to be right with Barrett Sally. <laughs> I know. It really yeah. just kind of dampens it. Yeah. It's, Don't look up what TJ Moe. It's like I was right about that, and so was Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know, that, you, would you like to go to the east now? Yeah, let's head to I'm the I'm sure there'll be some difference here. Oh, I'm positive on that one. Uh, top three, Georgia. Mizzou, Florida. Okay, very different than Barrett Sally, mm-hmm. as one would imagine. Yes. yes. So uh, Georgia is listed at number one for Barrett Sally. Obviously, I think everybody's going to do that. Florida is at number two, and I think a lot of people will probably be picking Florida at number two because they, what did they finish? Number 10 in the country last mm-hmm. year before the bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have, get this, and this, I just fucking love it. Barrett Sally, number three in the East, Tennessee. Oh, Perfect. God damn. Fucking Tennessee. This is the same Tennessee. Now, for some reason, they talk about Pruitt like he's somehow different than Butch Jones as far as turning recruits into people who aren't just going to shit the bed in Tennessee. Show me something before this I'm going to buy into year, this. This is the year, Brendan. Yeah, it's this 30. is the Well, year. and my thing is, is <laughs> you know, you'd think these guys, like, we, how long have we been doing this? You know, this is our sixth season. Our six, we, we've been doing this for six years, and I have established in those six years a pattern mm-hmm. that – Tennessee is often overranked and often and never delivers. And I've I've established that in six seasons. Some of these people have been covering the SEC for years and still don't seem to have put two and two together. They're not yeah. not, not a lot of well. These are the same Columbos in the uh, these are the same SEC people crowd. that don't seem to know you know when they're doing their uh, historical reenactments who won wars when <laughs> people they just don't. Pick up. They don't learn lessons quickly. No, they don't. Obviously, so. don't identify patterns very well. Caleb, I want you to talk about your picks at the top of the East here. You've got Mizzou at number two. What do you see? So it's like a ten-win team, then. Um, I th- I think they're right there at ten on this one. I don't think Florida's as good. Their as Their schedule's think. great. Yeah, I mean, they really don't. And especially, you know, they play West Virginia early. If you win that game, West Virginia is not. Will Greer, West Virginia anymore. No, they are not. You're right about that. So it looks like a big game on the schedule, but I don't know that it's as big a game as it would have been last year. Mm-hmm. So Mizzou's schedule is favorable. I don't think Florida is world beaters. I'll tell you about They Florida. still don't have a quarterback. Yeah, that's right. And, and the Mizzou game last year, we absolutely fucking pounded. Florida. I think everybody in the college football world just kind of looked at that as an anomaly, a blip on the radar, and they threw it out. And I don't think so. I think that the team we saw against Mizzou, it wasn't like miracles happened for Mizzou to beat Florida. They were just playing good that day, and they killed Florida. They were the better team. They continually kill Florida. Yes. And I don't. I think Florida Whether is they a have team. a shark fucker or not, we kill them. I think Florida had a very favorable schedule last year, and that helped them finish it out strong. I will say this. I feel like the part of putting Mizzou up that high discounts, my biggest, the biggest reason I'm not ready to put Mizzou as at number two is that I don't, I still don't believe in Barry Odom's game day abilities. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I look at the roster. Yeah. He blew two games. He gave two games. Here's, last here's year. where I find the difference in that probably is last year you had Locke, who was a really good quarterback and he couldn't take off and run for a first down. That's no. true. No, he I'm telling Kelly Bryant couldn't doesn't get to the end zone. You he you have Kelly. that play at the end where Drew Locke runs the ball, 
gets tackled before he gets in the end zone last year and you lose a game. You have that ball in Kelly Bryant's hands, he gets in the end zone. Yeah. That's the difference in winning, yeah. adding a win to the schedule and, or not. Kelly Bryant wins the Kentucky he, game for sure because all we needed was a single first down in the second half. Yeah, so he's he gonna, can get that first he's down. Gonna, yeah, he's going to pick up first downs with his leg. Kentucky proved last year you can have a terrible fucking quarterback and win a lot of football Listen, games oh, by getting yards Listen, by the foot. Tim Tebow. Yeah. You know, Tim Tebow was one of the best college quarterbacks you're going to see in our lifetime. And he was not a good quarterback. But for the college game, what you lover. need to do. Yeah. No, I mean, not a, but, you know, a really gracious lover. Yeah. But he was, not a, he was not a good football thrower. Right. You know what? You'd think he's a top, but he's actually a power bottom. Mm-hmm. Regardless, the thing is, is that uh, Kelly Bryant. I'm leaving that in. Kelly Bryant skill set fits better in college football. Caleb's still pickled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you have that. that's not where I thought it was going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. All right, I'm good. So, anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that my, my, Barry Odom and this coaching staff are the reason I I have trouble. Like you said, Brennan, they blew two games last year. They're going to have to not do that for me to uh, to. Believe that they won't do that. Well, I'll tell you this about Barry Odom. I grow a little bit. I mean, I get frustrated about the things that he does to say blow football games, but he does slowly make the team better over time. And I didn't say he's a bad coach. No, and I'm not saying that you did, but I'm saying that we've gotten the record's gotten better every year. He's fixed little problems like internal issues with the coaching staff, found assistants that work for him. Are you guys taking into account that he went to Sandals? (laughs) Yes, he's going to be real relaxed. Yep. I mean, when it comes to to end of the game, he's not going to be freaking out anymore because he went to sandals. I yeah. agree. I mean, yeah. he's going to know how to just relax and chill at the end of the games. Agreed. That's a fact. Okay, I guess we we still haven't got through the East yet, Caleb. Finish out the uh, scrubs for the division. Okay, at four and beyond, I have Kentucky, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and in last place, Tennessee. I yeah. love you, Caleb. Yeah, yeah that. <laughs> He's just playing the odds. That's right. That's He's a gambler he, at heart. No. We're talking about the Greek here. We're talking about a Tennessee team who we beat 51 to 17 two years in a row and finished last in the SEC with no SEC wins uh, two seasons ago. Tennessee sucks. Obviously, you and Barry Sallett have a lot of differences in the East. Uh, he has Missouri at four behind Tennessee, then Kentucky, South Carolina, and finally Vanderbilt. And that makes me think about uh, Kentucky at number five, even for Barrett Sally. This whole resurgent Kentucky thing, it seems to be dead in the water right now. What, what I'm really wanting to happen is, or, I mean, Tennessee fans find a way to hear this kind of thing, even though they'll tell you they don't listen to I this know. stuff. I don't know why they So do. what I really, really want to happen is I pick Tennessee last. I want Tennessee to finish Second to last to somebody and have somebody from Tennessee go, I fucking told you so. <laughs> yeah. You're dead wrong. Wrong. They didn't finish you. last at all. Yeah. That's right. We were two and seven in conference, motherfucker. And it'll happen. You guys laugh about it, <laughs> but someone will do it to me and oh. it'll be fantastic. The thing about Twitter I've noticed is you can think of all possible array of scenarios of things people might say as a response to you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how dumb or crazy you think it was a possibility. Somebody will say it. Like yep. people are stupid, mm-hmm. and they all get to vote. Yeah, they yeah. sure do. Democracy don't belong yeah. in the SEC, Brendan. <laughs> That's right. So, Just don't fit. 
<laughs> All right, guys. Let's take our final break for the day. Come back, do a round of Kansas. Oh, I got I got a little news, you know, since I'm the Greek. Yeah, yeah, let's do this. Well, I mean, they're opening a new uh, Greek restaurant in Lake of the Ozarks called Spiros, and it's going to be good because I saw three guys working on it, and they got back hair bigger than mine. <laughs> <laughs> so get down there and get. So they're having Greek that. people build it as well mm-hmm. as serve group food. Oh, well, have you seen some of the Greek buildings, the Parthenon? Mm-hmm. I mean, things yeah, like they, that. They've got a history of building. So basically, what you're saying last. this is going to be like the Parthenon, only at Lake of the Ozarks. Oh well, yeah, basically. And mm-hmm. I mean, these guys, their backs are like sculptures themselves of mm-hmm. hair. So it's mm-hmm. going to be delicious. Uh, get down there and get you. Some you make of that. it sound appetizing. I'm yeah, not lie to you, you can't <laughs> beat it. There is. There's always a time in my life where I think, God, nothing's going to complete me. Like. Peeling off some sheep meat from a stick with a cheese slicer. That's exactly what I think, too, when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> nothing makes me think about eating more than back hair. Yeah. So it's a combination. It's a winning combination. There's nothing like watching my wife just peel that meat right off the stick of the morning. Oh, God, it's great. <laughs> yeah, just squeeze some cucumber juice on it. Mm. Yikes. Well, guys, get down there and get you some of that good Greek food. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to go to break. This is the Mazadcast. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. All right, and we are back. It's time to do something special that we do each and every time we bring you a podcast. It's Kansas News. Well, I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. First story. Tiger attacks female zookeeper at Kansas Zoo. I'm shocked Kansas has a zoo. Where's the zoo located at? It's, uh, it's in Topeka, mm. Kansas, and apparently they uh, don't know how to operate a zoo without accidentally feeding their zookeepers to their tigers. A seven-year-old Sumerian tiger attacked and injured a female zookeeper at the Kansas Zoo Saturday morning. Authorities said the attack was reported at 9.30 in the morning at the Topeka Zoo, and the victim was transported to a local hospital where she is now in stable condition. The tiger, named Sanjev, tackled the trainer in its outdoor habitat. She suffered lacerations and punctures to the back of her head, neck, and back, which is where the tiger usually goes when it wants to dine. It really is like a neck snapper of a hunter. Well, I thought maybe he was trying to breed her. <laughs> it sounds true. like the uh, tiger attacked this person from behind their back turned. Mm-hmm. The fucking kind of a shit thing to do. Well, that's how they. That's how they. I guess if you're a Kansas tiger, that's probably how you operate. Yeah, fucking wily <laughs> bastards. Wiley said that there was no consideration at any time to euthanize the tiger. Well, you know, yeah. You hear what are the, the chances you getting another tiger into Kansas? <laughs> well, I, you hear these stories. We brought this thing and locked it up, and it ate somebody. Yeah. 
that's the thing. The, anytime there's this kind it's of thing fault. happens, they always, it just seems like it's the default mode where they put down the animal. And I'm like, you're going to shoot a tiger for just doing what a tiger do? A yeah, saltwater like, crocodile ate someone's dog. Yeah. It's, you know, it's going to happen. It's like a, a tiger attacks a human, and you're like, boy, it was supposed to be so soft and cuddly, but it must be had rabies or something because fat, it attacked yeah, someone. Fat person eats bacon in motel room. Human being in small cage with tiger. Tiger attacks human being. Human dies. That's those are not harder things to predict. No, it's it's part of the way the world works. Like, you know what? Now we need to shoot that tiger for for attacking a human being. Here's the uh, not why was a human being? In I don't know why they didn't bring Baxter in to talk him down. <laughs> That's right. He talks, he's friend of bears. We <laughs> yeah. know that friend of bears. Yeah. Uh, said that the crazy thing to me at the end of this story is that uh, the Topeka Zoo was shut down for forty five minutes and then reopened. That's, I mean that sounds. That's like how long it takes to uh, hose, down. hose down the blood <laughs> off of the tiger pit. Hold on, guys. We got zookeeper blood. There's to only two cages in there. There's a tiger cage and a prairie dog cage. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's always blood in one of them. <laughs> Next story. Well, that's where you get lunch. You shoot a fucking prairie dog and cook it on a spit. <laughs> Kansas Board of Healing Arts accuses Sean Parcells of pretending to be a doctor. The Kansas Board of Healing Arts is accusing Sean Parcells of misrepresenting who he is and lying about his credentials. It claims that at different times, Parcells claimed to be a doctor, a pathologist, and a medical examiner. Hmm. Been a lot cooler for the until you make it. <laughs> Sean Penn. Family after family said that they thought Parcells was a doctor because he either said that directly or gave them that impression. But or no. wore a boot on top of his head as a hat. Apparently, anybody who has a white robe in their possession is thought to be a doctor. In yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, a, it wasn't like a, a lab coat. It was just a white robe. Mm-hmm. He also went by a different name. It said Holiday Inn right there on the, cre- on the chest, and they still were like, <laughs> help me, doctor. He was carrying around a Doc McStuffin stethoscope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's an obvious giveaway. These are real Well, if you're in Missouri, it's an obvious giveaway, Caleb. <laughs> uh, he he was apparently going by the name Professor Lynn as well. Family said he took their money, desecrated their loved ones, and desecrated. Never, uh, pro- never provided final reports. Family who did receive reports called them junk, pointing out they were full of errors and had a weird title. Yeah, here's <laughs> your coroner's report. It's titled. Dead guy's got large cock. <laughs> tastes why funny. Would he, why would he? <laughs> colon tastes funny. <laughs> why would? Why would he name a report this? I, I appreciate the specificity and the detail, but I really don't think it belongs in the title. He knew what I ate seven days ago. <laughs> Got in there real deep. Yeah, they should have seen the knuckles on this master. It wasn't. That, it wasn't that they minded. He was giving them titles. He just they were so strange. His office was in a McDonald's bathroom. Yeah. Why was he taking Instagram selfies with my loved ones and then posting that in the report? And why were the zippers of the corpses always down? <laughs> Parcells faces criminal charges, theft of desecration for his county work at Wabasani County. He also faces civil charges from the Kansas Attorney General for violating false claims and consumer protection act next story man dead after he was buried in sawdust in kansas lumberyard buried in sawdust in kansas lumberyard how do you get buried in one i don't know does but one my, become buried in sawdust my dad is a cabinet maker so read on if we have to kill someone <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> well i mean i think maybe the first season we did this show call we had a story about a tank that fell on a guy well that makes was, sense because it's a tank 
Yeah, but often you don't find yourself under the belly of a tank. No, you that's know? true. He was, they often don't do a lot of falling. They tend no. to be on the ground most of the time. <laughs> yeah, that's well, true. We haven't seen the operators around here. He was a boxer, <laughs> as I recall. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it was an but he was cleaning the bottom of a tank or sandblasting the bottom of the tank. It fell on him, and he died doing what he loved. Yes, and it, it was not the first time that it happened in that same factory. <laughs> okay. <I> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kansas. All right, but back to this story. A Butler County, Kansas man in his 60s is dead after police say he was buried Buried in sawdust at the Valley Center Lumberyard. Valley Center Police Sergeant Michael Gordon said the man was buying sawdust for agricultural use when he got trapped under some sawdust falling from a hopper around 1230 Thursday. A hopper is a type of storage bin. I like whenever they have to explain things to people. Yeah. Uh, Connor Industries had used this one to store sawdust left over from its operation. Gordon said the man had parked his farm truck beneath the hopper so he could fill his trailer with sawdust, but some of it apparently got stuck. From what we can gather, he was under there trying to knock some sawdust loose with a pitchfork, and it came down on top of him. That just sounds like it is from the 1930s, like the Dust Bowl era. Why are they buying? What do you buy sawdust of value? I mean, was he scattered them over? How much? How much vomit could be on the? Could he have to be cleaned up to need (laughs) that much sawdust? (laughs) Maybe he sells it wholesale to janitors across the country. (laughs) 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 And there's a lot of stories about like people probably has a lot of rabbits. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm going with. Well, you hear a lot of stories uh, around the country these days of people doing weird stuff to like dry out ball fields in time to play games sure, on it. Sure. Heard the gasoline stores. Lighting them on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's just going to dump a whole fucking thing of sawdust on a baseball field so mm-hmm. he can get playing. Who knows? But uh, he won't be doing whatever he planned to do because he's dead. Uh, <laughs> when someone finally found the man, he was buried and not breathing. Uh, first responders declared him dead on the scene. Gordon didn't release any other details about the man other than saying he died doing what he loves, pitchforking sawdust. <laughs> <laughs> And that has been Kansas News. Oh, guys. It's kind of a full day, despite the fact that I guess when you do a podcast once a month, you can fill that show. Yeah, out. and you know, when you when you waste the first 15 minutes talking about sports jerseys. <laughs> I wouldn't call it wasted at all. It's my favorite part of the show. But we haven't talked about some things that have popped up since we did our last program, and I think I'm going to start with the smaller of the two stories, which is recruiting news, which we is not something we lean on hard here, but... Uh, Worth mentioning is a young guy named Jay Macklin, who is, I guess, the cousin. That co- name sounds familiar. Sure does. Speaking of jerseys, the cousin, I guess, of uh, Jeremy Macklin of the St. Louis area. He has committed to Mizzou. He's a three-star wideout, I believe. Not nearly as uh, sort of highly touted as Jeremy was coming out of high school. But anyway, I think that uh, stokes a lot of fond memories and high expectations for this sure, kid to live sure. up to his cousin's name on the back of his shirt. But He's uh, only a three-star recruit um, out of Kirkwood. And as I recall, Jeremy Macklin was sort of an all-world recruit. So yeah. I hope people don't hang the... Uh, uh, Jeremy Macklin expectations on this kid because that will not be fair. No, but there's a lot of times where three star kids really no, step up and no, turn into something great, special. But, but, and uh, if he does, that would be a really, really cool story. But I remember watching Jeremy Macklin as a freshman return kicks and things like that and being oh, yeah. like, oh shit, this guy's legit. Yeah, we're going to be good at football this now. This kid's going <laughs> yeah. to have access to all the stuff he needs access to, you would think, having mm. an uncle that played the NFL. You oh, know? yeah, and, and no bigger. Um, 
Mizzou fan, former you know Mizzou player who's a bigger fan of the program than Macklin. He has always uh, been. A yeah, big, he comes back all the time. Big cheerleader for the program. I and, really hope there's a kid with the last name Daniel that wants to come play here too. <laughs> no Unfortunately, he's only going to be four foot eight. Yeah. You know? <laughs> the, the thing about Macklin is Dick that uh, I think I remember seeing tweets from this kid when he was like a freshman or a sophomore, and it was he was kind of a no doubter. I think going to Mizzou because a he wasn't a five star and he didn't have Ohio State and Alabama breathing down his throat, but b he was sort of in the tank for Mizzou because of Jeremy Macklin all along. Yeah, he, wouldn't I think. Be, he wouldn't be like Uncle Macklin. Yeah, Uncle it was J. a matter of when rather than if. And so because of that, I label it as the second, the smaller of the two stories. The one that's more recent and I guess more prominent is that, of course, Jonte Porter declared for the draft and I guess got an agent. So yeah. he is officially done as a Mizzou basketball I'm tiger. I'm not sure I understand the need for the agent. All it does is, is I mean, I know by like May 29th or something, you have to have made a decision. What are there, two the rounds in the NBA draft? Two rounds. Two rounds. I mean, it, it, it just gets rid of options. Do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you're, if you get an agent, you cannot play college Can't basketball. Can't you get an agent the second the draft is over? You know what I mean? Like, That's what I'm saying. And, like, and, and they have until sometime in May where they have to, they have to decide at some point. Like, mm-hmm. are you in or are you out? Why wouldn't you have no agent right up to that wire Get as much information from scouts as possible. Am I going to be drafted? Where am I going to be drafted? Where am I going to be going? You know, compile that information right up to the deadline and then make that decision and get the agent if you have to. Well, but they, they, all he's NBA done now is make sure he can with the service like that. That's that tells what I'm you where you're going to be drafted. You mm-hmm. don't need an agent. Well, that's to what ask Jeremy, them. That's what Tillman's that's doing. That's Tillman's right doing now. Tillman's Tillman's testing the waters. He's going to he's going to get. He's not going to get drafted. He's going to get a draft grade. Yeah, exactly. And and this is why. Like, listen, maybe Jonte already has this information. Like, yes, kid, you got the skills. You got the size. You're going to end up getting drafted, but if if that's not a sure thing at this point, I feel like a, all you do with an agent is is limit your options. He may have a deal with Kroenke already, and Denver's going to draft him. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? That's my next question, fellas. Do you think smart move, dumb move, what it, expected move, unexpected? Move? Was, I can't tell you what he's going to be. He was I always. He, I mean, to me, if Jonte is going to make it in the NBA as anything, he's going to have to develop an outside game because if he's the player he was that I saw him at Mizzou, he can't guard his position. He's six ten and he's not Durant. Or he Kirk. is soft. You know, he is soft as church music, and you cannot. He can't. I mean, Draymond Green will eat his fucking lunch. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, because you know what, Jonte, you're six eleven. You're going to have to guard somebody that's pretty goddamn big. He's not as quick and not as smooth as his brother. Um, I mean, there are guys who make a living being finesse big guys, mm-hmm. but he's going to have to. But he's going to have to be able to play defense. And yeah, and he's, he's not Michael enough. Beasley, and and Beasley played in the NBA and, and still there. But let's but keep. He's talented. He Porter's not him. Let's keep in mind too. The only year we ever got to see Jonte Porter play basketball he was supposed to be a senior in high school so we were looking at a kid who was scrawny no you're true and and so like these guys also two knee surgeries into his life right well two knee surgeries and his brother's got a history of injury as well i mean those those guys look at that stuff and they think man we we may not get a lot of years out of this guy so i I don't know i don't see him going high i sure as heck don't see him going high but then again i don't have my finger on the pulse of this bullshit either nothing else he can go to europe and play and make really good money yeah he sure can and then you know, I saw a video this uh, week of his, his their younger brother uh, looks to be coming along like a junior high kid. I'm like, yeah. God, I hope he goes to Mizzou. Really talented, looks a lot like Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. and uh, is skinny as a fucking rail. I mean, pencil skinny. Thing. He long and he's strong and he's bound to get the friction on. To quote Sir Mix a lot. <laughs> third, time, third time's the charm on this one. Yeah, we'll let's see if he can one. keep him healthy. He's yeah. probably going to get AIDS. I mean, just based on our history, I'm just like, good. He's like, God. we just signed the, the latest Porter brother. He's ready to start for us. Up, you know, wait, hold on a second. He has AIDS. 
<laughs> Damn. A lot of coffee, a lot of lesions on his chest. We don't know how he got it. Um, but uh, never going to play a minute for Mizzou, though he will be immediately drafted to the NBA. <laughs> That's my that. prediction. I hope none of that. Put it in the bank. God, awful. <laughs> <laughs> Send your letters to Colin Anthony. Don't do that. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, hey, Magic Johnson's been living with AIDS for a long time. And yeah, that guy was a baller. Yeah. Uh, you got enough money and talent, you can beat AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> you own enough car washes, you can just wash mm-hmm. it right off yourself. That's right. Theaters. Movie theaters. In bad right. neighborhoods. Yep. Yeah. Well, okay. We're off the rails again. That's where I like it. <laughs> That's how that happens. Yep. So let's see. I guess we covered everything. Spring football, SEC football. I guess one last question. We kind of talked about where we thought everybody would fall in in the SEC, but uh, Alabama has been sort of a perennial, you know, had their spot in the final championship game for the last several years. Clemson beat them this year. Alabama looked more vulnerable, I think, than ever, uh, I think, in that championship game. Georgia Georgia was getting close. I, I Listen, I think Georgia is the up-and-comer. Yeah, you know I mean, I, I saving can't sustain it forever. Nothing lasts forever. That's right. He's an old man. Yeah, and even if Saban brings it back, I mean, Georgia's going to have, or not Georgia, but Alabama's going to have a down year. I mean, they, their down year looks great compared to most schools, but they're, they're but they're not going to be in a national championship game. They certainly could be get beat by Georgia in an SEC championship game. That's right. I, I agree with that. And my question is, Alabama's going to fall at some point and i think the sec has sort of been riding alabama's coattails a little bit there you know the sec is supposed to be so strong because it has multiple teams that could contend for a national championship i think we i guess i answered my own question here already georgia looks like it could be the next school who could be a you know have a national championship that's not named alabama crimson tide and then who else i mean yeah is it lsu lsu always seems to fall short you know is it Auburn is it Texas A and M? Texas A and M doesn't win championships historically. Well, I think um, yeah, they could though. I mean, every you know, we th- this sh- this is this show was a place where we used to complain that Georgia was living on their reputation, reputation, and Herschel Walker wasn't coming through those doors, one and now they years, have finally come back. One of these years, Florida is going to actually recruit a quarterback with a mm-hmm. golden arm and glorious hair, right? And he's going to lead them to the promised land, right? Yeah, I mean that's uh, kind of what they did. In the past, so I, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting. I think the SEC is strongest top to bottom, but I do think they've gotten thinner on the teams that can actually win championships. In fact, I think the whole college football realm. You think you've got Ohio State, you've got Clemson, you've got Alabama. I don't consider Notre Dame seriously as a contender, even oh, though they no. can make it to these games because of their weird scheduling. They're never going to win one. Maybe a Michigan and the Pac-12 right now. I don't think they can produce a team who is even. In no, the conversation, USC is off the map. Yeah, Oregon, I think maybe is the best team again this year. Oregon sounds like people are talking about Oregon coming back a little bit, but like those Washington teams will have a fluke year where they're mm-hmm. really good. But. Texas is going to look good this year, apparently. You know, but like, but other than these four schools: Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson. Michigan, maybe Penn State every once in a while. Not, not Michigan. Michigan's in a top talk of a lot of idiots. They always do because Harbaugh's there, I think, but they always fall short too. I mm-hmm. don't know. It's it's a weird dichotomy in college football because 
the best. They rise to the top every year. It's mm-hmm. easy to recruit. Yeah. Well, you know, it's not going to be as uh, Florida State. They've fallen off the fucking map. They were terrible last oh, year. Oh, yeah. They're brutal. All right. Well, guys, let's uh, wrap this son of a bitch up. I think uh, who knows when we'll come back to you. We try to bring you podcasts as often as we can. We just, there's no fucking news. We, we didn't really talk about baseball. It's just kind of getting into it. The Tigers yeah, look pretty decent. Yeah, I mean, if you guys just want us to talk about sports jersey wears like and things 14, like that, 14, 3 know. and 1 in yeah, the last right. Powering Games. I mean, they, and they, they just, they just beat LSU, uh, who's ranked. You know? Yeah, it's all it's all good on the baseball front. So if you feel like uh, watching baseball on the coldest fucking hill in Columbia, but in the nicest weather, the weather's coming back. Yeah, that's true. So uh, one last thing, I think I know what we will probably do next. We keep talking about doing another movie review. Mm-hmm. And which movie would we decide to pick on Colin? I feel like we program. Yeah, program. that's right. The program. I was supposed to say necessary James roughness, Con but I think the Who's rest the of James Con. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we're going to go the, from James Con's bro- son. To James, James Conn. Conn. Yeah. Well, the, the, I think the key recipe to doing this and doing it right is picking movies that were made like earnestly. You know, yes. they were made. They, right. they were made to be taken seriously, you and they are ridiculous as a result. Like blue chips. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Nick Nolte. Oh, Just boy. fucking. Killing it, yeah. Killing I mean, he's had so, such a hard time cheating, you know. Yeah, yeah. boy, it really t- it breaks him up inside. You can't do necessary roughness, or well, maybe because those could. movies you could. I mean, those are ridiculous. It's old enough. Right. It's old enough. You could. They're, they're, but oh, like the, the Water Boy, I think it's it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's satire in and of itself. Yeah, it, it's but not the, trying to be. The program is trying to be a legit, serious movie about. Uh, college football. What's and the one with is, Pacino where he screams at everybody? Oh, don't worry. Any, any, given, Sunday. any given Sunday. That is yeah. a disaster. That it is, is a, a disaster of a movie. <laughs> I think I got a hand job in that movie in high school. Really? Great. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Who was well, no, we weren't watching the movie because yeah. it fucking sucked. Yeah. Using your tears as lubricant? Well, you James been? Woods got my old lady hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Did you pull the old uh, popcorn move where you, you cut, cut a hole in the bag? No. I, in the box? I, and, I, yeah. I didn't do that. My, my penis isn't large enough to do that. Mm-hmm. Competing yeah. with the colonels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Couldn't do that. Well, anyway, so uh, the program. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned uh, for stay that. Stay tuned for that. We'll try to get together, the the three of us, and watch the program. And uh, you guys can listen to our thoughts. Uh-huh. And our, I just uh, watched it the other day, too. It's just so Really? Good. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just the same thing he did with the fucking... Uh, yeah, Blues. Yeah. Blues. He knew... You know, he he was, Caleb watches old football movies. Well, like, that, shit he, pops up on TV, and I'm like, oh, I'm watching. It brings back good memories. He watches them on VH1, too. You know, the versions where they to give you facts about the movie. Oh, yeah. Pop-up video. Yeah, that's right. That was great. Yeah, so anyway. Before that. Yeah, and if you aren't familiar with what we did before, just we're going to tell you on a cue to hit play, and you can watch along with us we're going to give essentially director's cut commentary yeah, and to, to improve program. your viewing experience as long as as well as all I know is the guy it. who plays the quarterback in that movie never acted in a movie before that or after after that <laughs> I never saw him again well, I watched it there was a story about Alvin Mack who was the linebacker yeah he went there. to Mizzou yeah so they were talking about all the movies he's in and things on that one so I decided to go back and watch it they cut a lot of scenes I'll tell about it when we watch okay. it okay awesome right. awesome I'm looking forward I'm looking to inside that. dope <laughs> alright on that note this has been the Mazakas M I Z Z O U. Go Tigers. You're telling me people aren't smart. <laughs>